Welcome to the Herald Podcast, New Generation, a podcast created for those who desire a new way of gaining information rather than reading a traditional newspaper. In our show, we will discuss everything from sports, pop culture, politics, and local news. To stay up to date on our latest episodes, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service, such as Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, and you can also check us out on our website. And don't worry, we keep it short most of the time. You're now listening to the New Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Janae Avery. And I am your other host, Tanner Mondock. And today, joining us in studio, we have a local author, Todd Bromley. How are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, we are doing very well. Uh, it's Friday we're recording this, so, you know, Friday is always great. Getting, um, getting better every minute. That's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thanks for joining us today in the studio. Um, you know, you're a, you're a local author, but the reason we're bringing you in here is because... Um, a book that you wrote, Depravity in the Darkness. Um, so I guess just uh, it, it details the story of four S- SRU students kidnapped by four men in 1968 and kind of everything that happened. Correct. Right? Two SRU students. Two SRU students. Yeah, and the, the girls were SRU students. And the one male was from VMI and the other was, I'm not sure where he was from. Okay. Yeah. Four co-eds all together. Gotcha. So I guess just um, let's start at the beginning here with this book. What made you want to get started on working on this well the crimes were committed in 1968 and i was just two two at the time i would turn three that year and growing up in the area uh we heard a lot about the crimes but there was a lot of rumors you know there wasn't a lot of facts no one really had the facts just a lot of rumors and everyone seemed to have a story and then it was kind of swept under the the rug because the community was kind of embarrassed by it and really didn't want it out there and just as i got older just hearing bits and pieces of it from family members and friends i just decided at some point i wanted to investigate it on my own for my own reasons you know i had no intentions of publishing a book or anything and after i did the research and stuff and having a background in publishing and writing i decided that i would just go ahead and uh, publish the book and see what happened after i had all the facts so hmm. And what was your process like? Well, it was a five-year process. Um, it wasn't daily by any means. I would take months off at a time. I was employed, obviously, at the time. And so it, it would get put by the wayside for months at a time. But I just started interviewing uh, family members, uh, some of the perpetrators' friends, that went to school with them, worked with them, hang out. You know, they would hang out together. They went to bars together and things like that. Just just to kind of get the the groundwork or a feel for what these guys were like. And my initial work was around the perpetrators instead of the victims because the perpetrators were from my area and they were, you know, from the school district and everything. So Mm. that was my focus when I first began. Uh, So just just the process over time of interviewing people, uh, talking to different people, going finding out where the crime scenes were, going to the crime scenes, the murder site, things like that. And then when I thought I had enough put together, I made contact with the Mercer County District Attorney and gained access to all the court transcripts, victim statements, perpetrator statements, 
psychological evaluations, things like that. So then I had the actual truth, and it wasn't just hearsay, and I could stick to the facts that came out of the Mercer County Courthouse. Hmm. And obviously, you know, this is a sensitive topic. So when you were out there interviewing people, did you experience any pushback from the community? No, not really. Um, I was sensitive to that myself because there was still a lot of family members in the area uh, of the perpetrators. Um, but there, there really wasn't a lot of pushback. And once the book came out, there was then some chatter on social media. I'm told that some people weren't real happy about it. Um, but overall, in general, every, everyone was glad to know the facts, just as I was, because there was just so many rumors over the years that no one really knew the truth of what had happened. So. Right. So, you know, we mentioned this all went down in 1968. So, like, what were there a lot of challenges associated with just the fact that it happened so long ago and then you trying to find yeah, all this information? Because there's unfortunately a lot of people have passed on. So, right. You know, as far as law enforcement, I was able to contact, make contact with the one officer who was involved from pretty much the start to finish. And obviously he's retired, but he's still cognizant and, and we've talked. Um, but th- there was a lot of, lot of holes in it and I wasn't comfortable writing the book until I actually got into the courthouse because I didn't want speculation. It, it had to be the facts just for several reasons. I wasn't gonna set myself up for libel issues either. I didn't wanna say something that wasn't factual or true. Right. Um, but once everything came out of the courthouse, then that that's basically what I went with because all the statements were taken immediately after the crimes, and it was just like it, it had just happened. So I could do that and not have to get down any rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously we want people to read your book, but, um, you know, if you could just, like, you know, briefly, like, give the story of, of what happened. Don't go and, you know, everything because, like yeah. I said, you know, want it, people to read it. Well, but it, it's a tragedy. It really is. Um, this is 1968, like we said, so there wasn't a lot of crime. I mean, you're talking, this is pre-Manson, you know. Mm, that's true, yeah. There's, now if you hear about something like this, it's, it's almost daily. It just kind of rolls off your shoulder. But this was pretty shocking for the time, you know. So what happened, there was um, four college co-eds who were out on a double date. They had driven up from Ford City, picked the girls up at Slippery Rock, and they were in the Slippery Rock area on a double date. Uh, the four perpetrators uh, were from Mercer County, and they had spent the days drinking in bars and, and carrying on, and they ended up at this crossroads in life that's just tragic. Um, they, they, they meet up at the coat of arms, which was in uh, Slippery Rock, and they decide they're going to kidnap these co-eds. And throughout the night, they, they assaulted them several times. The girls were abused over and over again. Uh, the one student who was from VMI, he was shot, and murdered, and buried into a shallow shallow grave in a strip mine uh, near the Jackson Center area. They were taken back to a house. Uh, the three remaining victims, they were abused more. Uh, they finally made a getaway. Uh, the perpetrators fled. There was one of the largest manhunts still to this day in the state of Pennsylvania to apprehend them. Uh, they capture them. There's a police shootout. Hmm. Um, so it, it's just over-the-top sensationalism. You don't have to add anything to it. It's just pretty amazing once you get into the facts of it. Right, yeah. And speaking of facts, you know, you said that this occurred when you were around the age two or three, and you had been hearing about it throughout your life. So when you were collecting evidence, was there 
at one point in time where you were like, wow, like this really happened here or you were surprised by what you had witnessed or heard? Yes, I was. Because we had heard stuff over the years and I thought, you know, I'm not sure I buy all this because it, it just seemed too sensationalized. And then after I got digging into it, and seeing the actual court transcripts, I'm like, wow, this is actually worse than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. So from that aspect, yeah, I was really surprised that it not only happened in this area, but how heinous the crimes were. Hmm. So um, the book is out, and it uh doing really well. You know, uh, that it, it reached as high as, what, number four, number on, Amazon four on Amazon in the crime book genre? genre. Yep. Uh, surpassed your own uh, six-month projections eight days after release, and the book was in such demand that buyers faced a 30-day wait. So what was that like for you? Um, It it was a little surprising, to be honest, because this is my third book. This wasn't my first Mm -hmm. go-around. But this, I think because it happened and being local, and it it just caught fire. So you never really experienced that type of, Not that type, no, not that quick. Right, And, And it's still happening. You know, we're still only six months out from the release, and there's just still so much going on around the book that I'm just kind of taking it all in and, and see where it goes, going to ride it out and see. So. Yeah. And, um, and you know, so with that success, um, you know, some students over at SRU, Slippery Rock University, um, they kind of, you know, they caught on to it. And, and so they want to begin their own project on the topic now, you know, with a podcast series and a longer form documentary. So Correct. I guess I is that a lot in still like the uh, early planning stages they've, or where is that at they've begun uh production and planning we've been to all all the crime scenes and the sites and okay. the murder sites you know it's kind of out of my hands at this point but i'm just kind of being the guide and you know showing them where things went down and, and because this is not my field you know this is their media department so i'm just kind of helping them along and where they're at with it i don't know i know they've begun interviewing people um both some of the victims and some of uh, the police and things like that. So, but uh, we're going to be doing another book signing in uh, Slippery Rock area. I it's probably have to find it on the Slippery Rock Libraries page. It's going to be at the Alumni Center there at SRU. So, um, but yeah, they're behind it. They're working on it, and uh, they're going to bring a series. Oh, that's really cool. So that's pretty exciting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the, like, they have the ability to get down the rabbit holes I didn't want to go down, you know, yeah. because they can follow up on that stuff and they can do a little more with uh, video and things like that than I wanted to get into with the book. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting. So what's next? Are there any other crimes in the area that are, you may be considering to look into? Or uh, I've looked like into a couple, and I, I started. There's one that happened out in the center part of the state that I'm kind of digging into, but it's kind of been put on the back burner of just kind of rolling with this book right now to see where it ends up and what direction it takes me. So right now I'm just kind of in limbo, um, fielding calls, following, doing podcasts, and promoting this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So you mentioned that uh, this isn't your only book. Um, so what else have you? What else have you done? Well, I have a background. Uh, I was a, a publisher. I started a magazine. I turned it into the largest magazine in the world for its genre. Now it was a hunting magazine. Being from Western Pennsylvania, that was big back in the day. You young guys probably aren't into that now. <laughs> but back in the day, you know that there there was quite. Uh, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was a lifestyle back in the day. So those books were around hunting and how to and things like that. So mm-hmm. this is my first attempt at true crime. And like I said, I've got something else in the works now, but I'm just gonna ride this out and see where it goes and keep promoting this story. Yeah, and I, I mean, true crime, it, it's big right now. It's having it's a moment the big. past, you know, I'd say decade probably. I mean, it's been 
Yeah, have a moment. It doesn't show any signs of slowing down soon. No, and no. with all the streaming services out there, it's, it's like they're fighting to get you know information. So, and I've been contacted. We've had several queries about certain things, but I haven't committed to anything. I'm just gonna let it let it play out and see what happens. And it, the story, I want the story to be out there. That's the main thing. I want the, the right. correct story to be out there. This wasn't done to make money or anything. It was a true fact-finding mission on my own. And then I decided, since I had the ability to write the book and publish it, that I would do it just to get the facts out there. So it was never about making money. Yeah. So that that's where I'm at. But I, I am glad there's more interest in it, and, and it's going to get some legs, and we'll see where it ends up. Yeah. So where can, uh, I guess before we wrap things up here, where can people find the book if they're it's interested in buying Amazon, it? Amazon, Amazon okay. Books, just uh, search Depravity in the Darkness or Todd Bromley and it'll pop up. So yeah, it's doing well, it's $17. You know, it's a quick read, it's only about three and a half, four hour read. Everybody okay. says that once they start, they can't put it down. Mm-hmm. So that that's a good thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, so. nice. Yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pick this up. I don't have to read it on. Yeah, you'd like buy five, 10 copies. <laughs> oh, you got it. Um, yeah, because I'm reading something right now that is in the similar kind of vein of this. It's uh, it's fiction, but it's it's still you know it's true crime or whatever. But right. I guess not true, but it's uh. I will say yeah. I'm glad I'm the person that wrote the book, being from the area, because I was sensitive to the remaining relatives and things. Right. And yeah. now after the book has come out, I've I've learned that over the years there's been three other attempts to write books hmm. about this this crime, and they for whatever reason each one fell by the wayside so i am glad that i was the one being from the area that actually got it done right you know because i was sensitive to everybody involved people have to live in the area yeah Yeah. you know and it was heinous so Mm -hmm. i am glad that i was the one that got to tell the story when we got it out there properly yeah all right so again that is depravity in the darkness uh by todd bromley so look it up if you're interested interested in that and uh you know we only mentioned a little bit about what's going on in the book so you know there's still a lot more for you to find out about this story um so again depravity in the darkness look it up if you're interested so uh yeah todd thank you for joining us this week on the podcast and uh yeah i think that'll do it we are here every saturday you can find us at sharonherald.com apple podcast spotify all those other ones too and then of course the new generation sports report that we do every wednesday you can find that show all the same places we find this show so todd thank you again and thank you all for listening